Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly, Ikaria, Murgatroyd. Ikaria, that's what you went with today. Ikaria. Do you want to expand on what that is? Ikaria is a blue zone located 90 miles south of Mykonos where people live to be 412 <laughs> years old. <laughs> sort of, but good job. You're going to have to, we're, this is not a show about Ikaria. You're going to have to Google it or watch a de- documentary. Or you could go back to the, sh- the Friday we did on the Blue Zones where we talked about Ikaria. Well, there you go. But today we are going to talk about clarity. There's clarity. nothing like confusing them with Ikaria to come into clarity. Well, listen, this is how clarity starts. Can you sing the clarity song? I cannot. Clarity starts with a cloud of confusion, but then you refine that cloud until you have clarity. But it's not so easy. Kim, take it away. That reminds me of being in the Tony Robbins events where someone stands up and they're like, I'm confused. And he screams because con- confusion precedes the moment clarity. of clarity, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. And so, clarity precedes momentum. That's right. And so there, there you go. There's the cycle. So today we're going to talk about creating clarity in whatever it is that you're working toward, uh, going after. Maybe you're going to build an online business or a brick and mortar business or a relationship. I don't know. Or a Kool-Aid but, stand. Or whatever, a Kool-Aid whatever, stand. Whatever you want. A Kool-Aid stand. That's interesting. I had one. You had a Kool-Aid stand? Mm-hmm. Well, this was 1963. So. Crash, a banga, boom, a banga. That's how the Kool-Aid commercial began. Oh he, my God. He, I just realized Kool-Aid was a surfer. He was a surfer. See, this was your first yeah. opening to surfing. Yeah. Was a dye-filled sugar bomb <laughs> surfing jug. <laughs> Listen, jugs, tell me about uh, clarity. I, I got rid of jugs <laughs> a year and a half ago. <laughs> All right. 
So, you know, here's the thing. So we're doing a lot of private coaching and uh, these virtual masterminds. We're in our second 90-day sprint with our virtual mastermind crew. And a lot of what we do is helping people find clarity and really dial in what they're after. You know, everyone thinks they're going to come in. They have this like idea and they're going to just go put that idea straight into action and they're going to build this amazing thing, you know, tomorrow. And that unfortunately is not how it works out because there are some common pitfalls that people come in to either coaching or mastermind with. They might have an idea that seems very logical for them, but it may be not it might not be the passionate thing that they're really working on or the thing that the audience wants. Like I remember years ago when we were doing Jet Set Life, we used to come up with an idea and then we would do keyword searches to see how many people were actually searching for that thing, whatever it was that we were doing. Because if you're trying to build an online business, the way to get people to get to your website, you know, was through keywords. Someone types it into Google, Google, your website pops up. And so we were always coming up with a great idea. And then we'd go to Google and we'd do the reverse lookup and see how many people were searching it. And it would be like four. Except if you don't know that, then you build this whole thing out and then you don't sell it and you wonder why, right? So people come in with a logical idea, but not one that is really complete and that they don't really know if they're serving an audience or if it's just something in their brain, right? Or uh, I said, they don't have ideas they're passionate about. Uh, They build it before they do the research or they underestimate how much time it's actually gonna take to complete this idea and they quit. And that's, you know, a big one. They're like, oh, I don't have time for this. I thought I thought I would have done this by now. Um, yeah, and I that's think, a big one. I think a lot of times what happens is, you know, people make the decision and they're like, okay, so here's here's what I want to do. I got this idea. My idea is I'm going to make a, you know, a toaster oven that has a little compartment for blueberries and then injects blueberries into the bread <laughs> and it's going to make blueberry bread. It's going to be amazing. And so they get, they're, you know, they get passionate about it. They get excited about it, but they don't realize in detail, in great detail, what are all of the things that you need to do to inject that blueberry into the bread, right? You've got to find the, you got to find the person that's going to make the toaster. You got to find- And before you even get to that, does anybody even want the toaster that injects blueberries into a bread, right? So the whole point of talking about this in this way is that often our ideas get ahead of the actual business model. Now, if you're just doing a passion project and you don't actually care if anybody reads what you're writing or buys what you're selling, go for it. Here's but why this it's... is so here's why this is so important because most of the people listening to this podcast have entrepreneurial ADD, right? They are super super excited about something that's coming across their their path. They see a need for something and they're like, oh my God, that's broken in the world. That doesn't exist in the world. And so I want to create it. And then they create it. And because they don't go through all of the steps that are associated with creating this, they wind up missing integral pieces of putting it together. And when it gets tricky or when it doesn't respond well or it doesn't sell well, they quit. They quit and they go on to the next thing. And so you find that- But they repeat the same <coughs> pattern of not finding out and going through all of the things. So hence, this is why we do our virtual mastermind and coaching, right? Now, let me, because we let me have tell the you format. What we, let me tell you what we see though. What we see very often with people who do this is 
in our virtual masterminds, when we have people who have ideas for what they want to come up with and we put them on their hot seats and we go through the idea at a, you know, sort of like we start at a macro level and then we go into a micro level and then we open it up for people to ask different things that are hitting them. They soon, after probably three or four sessions, they soon start to hit a different place with it. And they start to go, you know what? It's not, actually, it's not even this idea. Like I started with this, but the reason why I was doing it was to get to that. And this is not exciting me anymore. This is not giving me that. Well, what is it that you really want? Well, I know this sounds crazy, but I really want to be doing X, Y, Z. And and then their eyes light up and then the passion comes out and then the wall kicking moments are easier and you don't just quit. So getting knee deep in the minutia, people say don't get lost in the details, right? And I understand I understand that when you are very, very clear of what you want to execute on, yes, when you have that carved out, you know exactly what it is that you want to do. You have, you know, beaten all the different angles of this down. Great. Don't get lost in the minutia. Stay big picture and just keep executing against it. But if you don't initially get lost in all of the details and really think through, anything of value requires a lot of fucking work. It's just, it's a lot of focus. It doesn't it's have a lot to be of time. difficult. It doesn't have to be difficult, but it does require a lot of work. So taking the time up front to do that work can be done in lots of different ways. And we're going to give you a few of them today. Kim is going to um, explain to you how, um, when we start with, uh, when we start with our uh, virtual mastermind people, we give them um, some pre-work. Maybe you could talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, where this all came from for us is, you know, after we did the first 90 day virtual, well, if I back it up to when we were in Italy and I said, Hey, Rob, we have created multiple successful businesses, really successful businesses. And there's so many people trying to do this. I feel like we have something to offer and we can help them reverse engineer this. And so we launched the virtual, went through the first thing and I went, you know what? Now that we've gone through it one time, I feel like we can create the format for it of what we do. And so we put together this like seven step uh, process that we have gone through ourselves multiple times in every business that we've created. And, you know, we're working it out now in the second mastermind and seeing what pops up, but already it is working so well and there is so much clarity coming so much faster. So we wanted to do a few of these steps with you today. So the first one is we're taking it back to Tim Ferriss' time for our work week with what do you want to have? What do you want to be? And what do you want to do? And, you know, Tim Ferriss is the one that like sparked our curiosity in creating a digital brand, creating a location independent income. And I know that he did for a lot of people, you know, um, 10 years ago or whatever it was, 15 years ago. So, you know, what Rob is really a master at is taking all of these different tools and putting them into his toolbox and applying them at the right time. So we're not reinventing the wheel 17 times over. We're taking things that we heard, we applied, that we that work, that we continue to apply, and we're paying them forward in coaching and virtual masterminds and whatever. And that first one, what do you want to have? What do you want to be? And what do you want to do? 
is where it all starts because there's no should in front of it. There's no what should you have, what should you be, and what should you do? Because a lot of people get so stuck in the should. You know, we come from a generation that was really pressed to go to college, go to college, find a career, and do that for the next 60 years. And, you know, we at 18 years old, how the hell do you know? How, the, how do you know what the hell you want to be when you grow up? What do you, how, what do you know at 18 that you're still going to want to do at 60, right? So no one asks you, what do you want to have, be, and do? They they should on you. And you get shoulded on for your entire life and you should on yourself. So this takes that should away. And you know we love to do this exercise with a glass of wine, maybe after meditation, just something that calms you so you're not stressed about it. What do you want to have in your life? What do you want to be in your life? What do you want to do? I'll give you some of mine. I want to have... Um, new floors, because I effing hate this carpet that is in this house that we're renting. It's killing me. Um, I want to have wood floors and I don't even own this house, but I'm willing to spend the money because I hate this carpet. I want to be a writer. I want to be a New York Times bestselling author. I want to be that. What do I want to do? I want to do photography again. I'm looking right now at a wall of pictures that I'm so passionate about taking and I want to allow that that fire to come back and I want to do photography again. So although those things may not lead to a business venture, they could, right? Yeah, Thoughts? I think I, I'm, I'm thinking through this. With have, be, and do, one of the things that I tripped up on with this exercise is the time frame of how long you want to make this for. So you know, look, there's no exact science to it. You could do it exactly the way you want to do it. Um, we have done a six month um, have be and do. We've done a year have be and do. And I think you could also push it out to a five year. I wouldn't go beyond that. I think the shorter the compression time, the better. And the original have be and do was titled Dreamline. And they call it the Dreamline because it's designed for you to say, what would be a dream life of all the things I want to have, all the things I want to be, all the things I want to do over the course of it, Tim Ferriss's model was over the course of one year. And then to quantify exactly how much that would cost. And when you really look at those things, you start to realize, okay, well, you know, I want to, I want to be a surfer. Well, how much does that cost? Well, I mean, if you're getting lessons, you know, there's maybe it's, you know, it's three, 400 bucks a month or something like that initially. So you write that down $400 a month surfing. What do I want to be? I want to be a New York times bestselling author. Well, that doesn't really cost anything. It's just you taking the time to be a writer. What do I want to do? Oh, I want to, you know, I, I want to run a marathon. Well, that doesn't cost anything. Or what do I want to do? I want to I want, to go to, I want to go to Italy. I want to go to Tuscany at the end of this year. Okay, well, that's going to cost five grand or whatever the number is. And so you come up with a total monthly number and you multiply it by 12 and you say, okay, to live this dream line, I've got to make X number of dollars over the course of the year. So one of the ways that you can gain clarity is by putting it in proper context of the whole thing. My dream life would be to have this, to be this, to do this, it costs this much. Okay, well, if I need to make that much, then what would the product, service, or thing I need to do that can service the have, be, and do? And by the way, the reason this is important, and it doesn't matter if it matches what you actually want, what your business ends up being, is because this is the why behind it. And when you don't uncover the why behind it, again, people shit on themselves. I know people that are trying to build these online brands right now, 
because they have a little ego mixed up in it because they saw this one do it and they're like, oh, I could do it better or whatever the thing is. I am so guilty of that. Every time I see, you know, one of the, the one of the upsides of living here in California is that, you know, you're surrounded by so many people who come out here for, you know, great weather. They're entrepreneurially minded. They're big thinkers. They're dreamers. I mean, this is, you know, this is these buses, these Greyhound buses filled with people from Nebraska every day getting off into this town because they have a dream. They have something that they're working on. To your point, what happens with that is it's very easy to look at somebody else's dream come true. You know, when you're 53, like I am, you start hanging out with people that are, you know, 40, 50 years old who've accomplished those dreams. And when they accomplish them, you start to look at and go, well, maybe I should do that. And you start to realize that it's so easy for you not to listen to what's inside of you how you take that path and not walk somebody else's path because there's magic for them in walking their own path the same way there's magic for you in walking yours, but they didn't make it because they walked your path. They made it because they walked their path. Yeah, and you just said it, maybe I should do that. And I think a lot of people now are in this online space and they feel like, well, I should have a brand and I should have a book and I should have a this and I should have a that. Well, only if that's what you want. Like if that's something that's lighting your fire, that is what you should have. But but look first. Like, you know, Rob, Rob will say to me, uh, we, he went through a phase where he's like, I need to build a company and sell, sell it for a hundred million because he's hanging out with people doing that. And I was like, okay, for what? Like, what is it in your life that you need a hundred million in the bank just to have it? Like, is this just like check the box, hit the ego button, whatever it is? Like I am now considered successful. Like what if we did have, be, and do of what we truly, truly want in our life, the things that make an impact, the things that fulfill us, that are not just materialistic, that are not just whatever. And if material things, they fulfill you, go for it. But like, what are the things that truly, truly drive that fulfillment line and put that on your have, be, and do? Because when you have that on your have, be, and do, what you do next and how you create that income and how you reverse engineer that dream is going to have so much more passion and fire. And that's the gas you need to keep going. Now there's a fine line. And the fine line is you can come up with a have, be, and do, and you could make it within what you think you can reach and you can make it small. So I would ask yourself when you have the have, be, and do list complete, I would ask yourself, on a scale of zero to a hundred, is this a hundred for me? If I could do this this year, is this a 100%? And if the answer is, oh, it's pretty high, it's, you know, it's a 95 or a 97, there's something that you're holding back on because it's premature practicality. Don't settle. There's something that yeah. you think like, I just don't think I can do this. That said, you don't want to go the other way and go something which so far out of your reach, which I've seen people make, make the mistake the other way. I'm going to own a mansion, a yacht, have $10 million, and I'm going to parachute out of Mars and lands, mm-hmm. you know, in in a cornfield in Nebraska because I think it's cool. Yeah. Well, that might be a little too far stretch. Yeah. So get a piece of paper. What do I want to have? What do I want to be? What do I want to do? Assign some dollars to that and, you know, create that dream life. I'm going to suggest six to 12 month goal. I'm going to suggest not going past 12 months because who the hell knows what is going to happen in 12 months. 12 months ago, Rob and I were not moving to California yet. So, <laughs> no, I mean- but, but also consider like if you want, I'll, I'll, I'll use an example here. Like one of the things that we ultimately want 
is we'd love to be able to see the ocean. Well, in the next six to 12 months, I'm not going to have a home that's going to see the ocean where we're going to be ocean fronts, but that might happen somewhere over the next three to five years, right? So the idea then is what is something, think about the larger one, maybe the five-year goal, but what is something that you can do this year that can move you along the lines towards that thing that you want within five years? Okay, so now you have your have, be, and do. You have the amount of money you need per month to accomplish this this dream line, right? This dream life that you're creating. Now it's time to play stupid idea time. What are all of the things that you could possibly do to generate that income? What are you an expert at? What do your friends come to you for advice with? What do, like, let me give you an example with Rob. Rob is, like I mentioned before, he consumes more content than I even think is humanly possible. Like I think he has more, I think he has 36 hours in a day sometimes because he comes back with all of this stuff that he learned that day. Um, and I'm just trying to find my shoes. So <laughs> it's true. That's funny. You made me spit my coffee on, on, my, on my mic. Okay. Well, so he is like a content consumer, but he can catalog this shit in his brain in a way that it's like he's got a tiny librarian in there that just pulls out the Dewey Decimal System and pulls the right card she's, and can shelve the book. She's got um, those stockings, the white ones that come up to her knees with, yes. the, with the glasses and, she's got the, and I know. pigtails. And pigtails, she's yeah, and very, a short skirt. She's very cute. She's so sweet. Yeah, she's so sweet in there. <laughs> so he's got this little cute hot librarian thing going on in his brain. She pulls out, uses Dewey Decimal and finds the perfect tool, the perfect a quote, the perfect tip, the perfect strategy out of his 450 years of doing personal development and business development and coaching and all of the things. He is a genius when it comes to this stuff. So guess what? He is a fantastic freaking coach. So if he is coaching you on your business, it's not just what he did and how he did it and you know what he learned yesterday. He's got years, decades of data in there. You gave me a couple of thoughts. The first thought is I am uh, I, I am a super methodical, procedural sort of guy. Um, w- there's a lot of strength to that, but there's also a lot of challenges with it. So I'm going to give you what I naturally do. I'm going to give you a formula that I use that works for me, and it may be something that you can try out. So forgive the granular nature of this, but I think, I think that all of these things are important important in accomplishing this goal. So the first thing that I would consider doing is um, think about the time of day in which you do your capture. I'm going to use the word brainstorm and I'm going to use the word capture interchangeably. It's basically just a data dump on a blank piece of paper. So go out to uh, to Walmart, get a $1.99 notebook, get a pencil, not a pen, and open the notebook up in the morning, cup of coffee, cup of tea, whatever works for you before the kids get up so that you've got some time alone. Um, if you like, if there's too much noise that's around you, I would recommend getting some type of app. You can use an app like Insight, Timer. It's a free app that allows all kinds of uh, different background music without lyrics that you can listen to. Those They're called uh, Theta Waves um, is one of the things that I was thinking about. There's also um, another app that you can use. I'm looking at my phone now. It's called Brain.fm. 
and there is a third app called Rain Rain. Those, all three of those things are things that will allow you to listen and put you into an environment that creates a distraction-free type environment that allows you to dump it all out. So now you got a notebook open, you got your earbuds in your ear, your cup of coffee, cup of tea, your pencil, and you're brainstorming everything and you're getting it out of you. You wanna keep going with whatever your idea is. I like to write a sentence at the top of the page. So if um, there's different stages of things, right? The sentence may be, what is it that I could do that would you know, give me passion? Or whatever the question that you come up with, put it at the top of the page and write it in the form of a question and start answering it. And as you progress, that can change. You know, In the beginning, when I was creating a mastermind, it's, it started with you know, what, what, could, what would be something that would light me up that I'd love to do and I would do all day long for free or something like that. And now it's more, their questions are related specifically to the marketing of that product. So, you know, you can use this all along the way. And so you start capturing and brainstorming every possible thing that you can think of in uh, large detail and small detail. So it could be like a two minute task that you need to do, like to check if the domain is available, or it could be a two hour task, which could be to, you know, write a, a, a blog post around the concept to see whether or not somebody's interested in it. But the point is that you get it all down. Once you get it all down, there's going to be some commonalities with all of those um, all of those ideas. So you want to start to circle the things that relate to one particular outcome. And when you when you get that, then you write down what is the outcome that all of these things have in common. So an example of that may be that you write down, do a blog post, get a podcast, and you know something else related to it. And you realize that that outcome is a marketing outcome. And then there could be like you know call it a, a web developer call a designer, and that outcome could be tech. So you chunk it down into outcomes. When you have those outcomes chunked, you then look at it and say, okay, what outcome has to come first before this second outcome? And so you prioritize it. And the last thing you want to do is you want to continually be asking yourself one prioritizing question. Everything on that list that you came up with, it could be an exhaustive, an exhaustive list of 75 to 150 items that are on that list that are maybe broken down into six or seven outcomes. But nonetheless, that is a exhaustive list, but they're not all equal. Everything on that list, whether it's an action or an outcome, those outcomes are not all weighted equally. So the way that you get out of that is by asking yourself, what is the one thing that I can do such that by doing it will make everything else easier or unnecessary? And the idea is for you to take a prioritized look. You know, we... We often want to go to the thing that we know is a slam dunk that we can do easy, and we don't want to do the thing that's hard because it's hard. But when you ask that question, you're forcing yourself to take action on that, and you should really only be doing one, two, or three tops of those mission-critical actions. I feel like I need a notebook. Did you get that? (laughs) Uh, Okay. So... That is more of the putting this idea into action, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're still trying to create clarity in the idea, you don't necessarily want to go through all of that before you bake out the idea. I would do the capture part. That's what I do. Well, you can do the capture part, mm-hmm. but we want to make sure that 
sleep on your idea. Like once you go through stupid idea time and you circle the ideas that you think are the most valuable, there are some ways to flush that out. Like for example, Rob, talk about the five lunch pitch or whatever it's well, called. The five lunch pitch is, is, is pretty simple. What happens is when you initially do a pitch, quote unquote, to somebody, you fumble it, you get it wrong, you're talking too much, you know, your 30 second story is three hours. It's just, it, it, you, you, you just don't have, you, you don't have a great way of explaining it. So you go out to lunch with a buddy and you say, here's, here's the idea. Your buddy is going to be forgiving. He's going to ask you some questions about it. And then you go out to lunch with another buddy. And what happens is when you go out with the second buddy and you explain the pitch, your pitch is better. Their understanding of it is better. And then they give you some feedback. And then you go to the third one. Now you're having a much tighter pitch there because your pitch is tighter. They're asking less questions, clarifying questions, and they're giving you better feedback. And then you do that the fourth time and the fifth time. And by the time you get to the fifth or sixth lunch, your ability to explain what it is that you want to do and get the feedback from them goes much, much faster. And then you start to look at it and say, okay, well, I just went out to lunch with these six people. Nobody, even after the sixth time, nobody understood it. Or even after the sixth time, nobody really even was interested. Or it got better each time I explained it to somebody and they're like, oh my God, this is a genius idea. So what it's doing is it's taking you from Whatever you come up with, here's the thing that I've learned. Whatever the hell you come up with, it's going to be completely different by the time it gets out into the wild. It just is. Like, I know that in your head, you're like, no, this is it. It's going to be the blueberries are going to get injected into the bread and it's going to make blueberry bread toast. It's not. It's going to be, you're going to create a toaster for astronauts that go to the moon ultimately. It's just (laughs) going to be difference. Talk about feedback versus praise. Okay. So this is a really big one that I got from a book called Make Noise by N-U-N-Z-E, Nunzi, I guess is how you say it. Um, He's a NPR reporter who was a producer on This American Life, uh, is now working with uh, Esther Perel on her podcast and a bunch of other big ones. He's he's really, really good. And he runs teams now that um, have podcasts. And so when they come into the office and they're asking, they're saying, hey, this is the concept we have for a story or a show, and he is listening, they, he's trained his team, and the way he trains his team is by doing the following. Look, there's two things I can give you. One is praise and say, oh my God, this is incredible. You worked your tail off. You came up with a great thought for a story and you're super passionate about it, or you captured that audio great, or you asked a great question, right? So you're giving praise. Feedback is the opposite. Feedback is, I've listened to it. We're skipping past the praise part intentionally. My job is to find what's wrong with it so I can make it better for you. So do I have your permission to give you feedback? Great. When you ask that question, that question was a very open-ended question. And the reason why you weren't getting clarity in your answers is because you should have refined the question this way. When you were using the audio, there was too many background noises there. You chose the wrong, whatever it is, feedback is very different. So if you're somebody that is looking for praise, if you're looking to meet with somebody to have lunch with them, you have to you have to explain to them, I'm not looking for praise. But um, you have to really not be looking for praise. Like if you think you have 
the best idea in the world and you're going to get your feelings hurt if whoever you just asked for feedback is going to tell you your idea sucks or some some problem with it you have to be open with feedback you do not have to accept it and say i think that you're correct and i quit but you have to be open to hearing it because that you're asking for it Fe- yes feedback is how this is how i think you should improve this it is not uh, it, it's not not saying you don't have a good idea. It's not saying that your work that you put into this isn't worth it. It's not saying I don't believe in you. It's not saying that you, you're an imposter, you know, that you, you, you have no right to do this. It, it's, it's a difference between me saying, Rob, how do I look tonight? Or should I wear this dress? Because in one, I want him to say I look beautiful. And then the other, I want an honest opinion of should I wear this dress? There's, there's That's a, the difference. There's a really big difference. And it depends on where you are on the stage. And it also, you you hit it. There's an ego there, right? It, it also depends on, you know, sometimes, here's the thing. I could be sitting there, like I have been working on, this fakakta, the 10 word sentence that I have to come up with, with, with what my podcast represents. And I've been doing this nonstop for a week and I sit there and I got it. And I sit there with it for two or three days. And then I come to my lovely wife and I say, I got it. She goes, yeah, no, and it's not that good. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you, it's amazing. And but she's you like, asked me for feedback. <laughs> right, so I know that when I come to her, Kim will naturally give feedback. She will naturally give feedback. I don't know what she does to anybody else, but for me, <laughs> she cuts right through. She doesn't even, actually, I can't get praise. That's she, not true. Well, you're, you are- if, I, I know you're asking I me would a say real out of, question. Out of, out of 10 times that I ask, nine of them will be constructive feedback to make it better. And one part will be well praise. because I know that's what you're coming to me for. Yeah. But I, but I, I you make me sound so mean. No, you're not. Um, you're not mean. I'm just saying that you that you naturally get that. I do naturally get that. Um, so you know, now you've done the have be and do. You've played stupid idea time, and maybe you have some ideas that you're going to flesh out with some friends or maybe a mastermind group or or whatever it is. Your coach, you're going to ask for feedback. But then what happens, right? So then you had this idea. It's it, it's now morphing into something else. You're going to start hitting some walls. You have to be open to the pivot. You can't dig your feet in the sand so much because if the end result is the have, be, and do, if the end result is you want that house looking at the ocean, you want to have butterfly factory in your house, I don't know what it is, Whatever whatever your have, be, and do is, that is the end of the road. You cannot get glued to your journey. You have to be open to pivot and pivot and pivot. And this is where Rob and I effed up many, many years ago. Many years ago, we had a podcast. We were doing great with our podcast. It was all doing well. We had a website. We were making money. All went great. And then all of a sudden, apps came out. And all of these new tech things came out. And we chose not to keep up. We chose not to pivot. We chose to just quit instead of pivoting. And had we not quit, we might've been somewhere different. I choose to think that everything happens for a reason, but it's an example of how we chose to quit instead of pivot. And I'm telling you, if you really want 
at the end of that at the end of that journey like Rob had his eye on California and we thought that first company was going to take us there it was going to take him to the promised land and we quit and we probably did two or three years back into normal life normal world you know checking the day job 9 to 5 doing the thing doing the do you know getting paid being passionless before we came back and played stupid idea time that launched us into act two, into the dream that actually created the path to Rob getting what he wanted. And we had to be open to the pivot. Well, there you have it. Those are some tips, suggestions, and strategies to help you gain some clarity with your idea. Um, If you are interested in coming with us to Marrakesh, we are beginning taking applications for our work hard, play hard Marrakesh experience. Go to www see what i did there www you don't even have w, to do that anymore i know work hard play hard experience.com and if you are looking for some help in creating some clarity and you just don't have the time energy or resources to do it yourself your bandwidth is tapped and you want a, a fast track way to do it reach out to me and i will help you with some coaching go to work hard play hard coaching Fill out an application. We'll jump on a complimentary discovery call to see if we are a fit. Well, that's it, everybody. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.